Thank you for listening to the Bible preaching ministry of Dr. Tim Pollock at the Home Church of Lodi, California. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. Our prayer is that this message from God's Word will renew your heart and mind today. Hey, thank you, Pastor Tim, for allowing me to preach from your pulpit today. And thank you, Vacation Bible School, for that great presentation and for the great week. I know I say this each year, as I have had the privilege for several years now to be able to be the uh, spokesperson after the Vacation Bible School program. And that is our oldest daughter, Samantha. She was saved at Vacation Bible School when she was five years old, just after we were newly saved hippies. And uh, she surrendered to be a missionary when she was eight years old. So thank God for Vacation Bible School. My wife was so excited when I got to tell her the news about all the kids that got saved as we communicated last night. She was so excited. Uh, she shared a story with me. She saw on TV a testimony of a, a lady who's a lady now, but she got saved in Vacation Bible School when she was 10, had a great testimony of that. And as I sat here and watched all these precious children, uh, I wish that I could have been in Vacation Bible School when I was young. It would have changed my life. I would be a different person. And many of you sitting in this room today, you'd, you would be a different person. We would be used of God perhaps greater or even especially earlier in our life had somebody taken us to Vacation Bible School. So thank God for, thank God for His mercy and God for His grace. Well, after... Miss Patty assigned me my scripture I was supposed to preach and did preach on Tuesday. And after hearing these songs, after considering the subject of Vacation Bible School, I couldn't help but preach BBS for adults today. I think that we need to get in on what the young people got to learn this week. And so we're going to have VBS for adults. And if you looked at your notes, victorious Bible study. So... <laughs> Today is VBS for, uh, for the adults. I resound what Pastor Tim said. These children learned uh, more Bible in one week than most Christians will learn in a year and some people in a lifetime. Thank you, Lord, for all these special blessings. And so I'm going to read uh, Psalm 139, a few verses, verse 14 through 18. And then we will bring a message and say some things that the children got to learn this week and develop some things. Of course, we couldn't say to children, but we can be able to share today with the adult audience. Psalm 139, verse number 14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, 
I am still with thee. Awesome verses. So awesome. So today I'm going to preach on the subject, praise God for his marvelous works. David said, I praise God for his marvelous works. And I would ask you to pray as we bow our heads and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts that God would use this message, that God would speak to your heart, and that God would be glorified. Thank you, Jesus, for another successful Vacation Bible School at the Home Church. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to invest in these children. I pray, God, that you'd help them to grow, Lord, help them to live a life free from sin. Help them, Lord, uh, that they would just going to be great servants. I pray, Lord, you'd fill me and use me. Thank you for this privilege. Why you would give it to me, I don't know. But it's all because of the song we sang, Wonderful Grace of Jesus, that even reaches each of us. Lord, that reached down and touched me. Thank you, Jesus. Help me to preach about what you deserve to be preached about today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this week, or probably this month, or however long Pastor Tim preaches on 1 Samuel, uh, the Bible character that we've been highlighting is David. And David is the one who wrote this psalm. In the way of introduction, King David's response to the knowledge that God had created him was praise. And that ought to be our response, to realize that God created us should be praised. How sadly that we live in a world today with 8 billion people and percentage-wise, so many few are praising God today for making them. So many few are failing to give God the glory. David said, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And this should be our response also. And so in our text, David had three things to praise God for, and so do you and I, and I want to talk about those three things. We could talk about a thousand things today, as David mentioned there also, but David said, I praise you, God, because of these three marvelous works, and the first one is, God was the one who made him. God made David, and he understood that. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. I love the uh, adverbs that the, the translators of our Bible use. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you, God, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. That is the one and only powerful, wonderful, intelligent, and miraculous God is the one who made us, not evolution. God made us in his power and his wisdom. And his great intellect. Uh, often we run across people who are evolutionists and atheists. And those of us who fly on airplanes probably do it more than others. It seems like that every time I get a, on an airplane, I w try to witness somebody. And word, the evolution theory comes up. And the atheistic theory comes up. And I like to tell evolutionists this. Uh, I may not convince you that there's a God, but it'd be a thousand times harder for you to convince me of evolution than it would be for me to convince you of God. There's no way that uh, this world is chance. There's no way that our universe is chance. An all-powerful, an all-intelligent, an all-wise God. I made this earth. 
I told the young people in VBS, I'm glad that evolution didn't make me because it may have put my nose upside down and when it rained, I would drown. So thank God he put my nose the right place and where it should be. God made this earth. Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 44, 24. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things. David said, I praise you, God. You're the one who made me. David thanked God that in his soul, he knew this great truth. In the soul of David, he understood that God was the one who made him. Every human being has a soul. And God has innately put in our soul that he made us. To be an evolutionist, we have to harden our heart and we have to go against the innate truth that God put in us when we were born and that is He has made us. That's why it's so sad to see people who are evolutionists and atheists because they purposely had to harden their heart to come to that place. But innately, God said that He made us. We know that in our soul. And David said, I praise you, God, for that truth. And those of us who are here this morning, and we know that truth, we ought to jump up and down with praise that we understand that there's a true God, one true God. He created us, He made us, and He has a plan for our life because so many billion people in our world do not have that truth. They do not know that truth. In India, where there's 300 million gods plus, they haven't the faintest idea who created them. They haven't the faintest idea who the true God is. And I know that truth. David said, thank you, God, that in my soul, I know that truth. And sadly, is the person who knows that truth, but yet has not let God have their life. Sad is the person who in your soul, you know that God made you. You know there's a heaven. You know there's a hell. You know that there's a God who loved you and died on the cross. And yet you've not received Him as Savior. You would be more foolish than the person who's an evolutionist or an atheist to know that truth and to die without being forgiven of your sins. Thank you, God, that I know that truth. I'm sure I knew that truth all my life. I tried to deny that truth. When I was a hippie, the music I listened to told me to be a Hindu or a, or a Buddhist. Uh, Led Zeppelin tried to tell me there's a stairway to heaven, you can walk. And the uh, Rolling Stones tried to tell me to have sympathy for the devil. And when I got saved and realized all, that, all those lies, all the, all the false teaching, that music was teaching me. This isn't in my notes. Apologize for saying this, almost. If you're, if you're a Christian and you still listen to that kind of music, shame on you. Shame on you. The devil's lying to you. It's a lie. God made me. And God created me. And thank God when I was 24 years old, a, a loving preacher preached the gospel to me and told me that Jesus loved me and died for me. God opened my eyes and here I stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glad you're here. Thank you, Brother Tony. David knew God created him before he was created. Wow, that's amazing. Verse 16, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, 
which were in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. This is too heavy for us to consume today. But the God made David before he made him. Think about that for a moment. Before God created David, he was already created. By the way, before any of these children were born, in the mind of God, they were already born. God had made David. He created him. God said to Jeremiah, Before you were formed, I knew you. Before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. What an amazing truth that is. Another amazing truth that we won't take time to develop. I'm not smart enough to develop it anyway. But David said, in thy book, all my members are written. David said, every part of my body, my members, are written in your book. That is, God's members were written in the book of life. David's members, excuse me, were written in the book of life. David perhaps was thinking about his brain, how his brain worked, this marvelous thing that God put in our brain. David said, my brain is written in your book. My eyes, my wife just recently had eye surgery. Eye is an amazing thing. And I think I knew it, but I learned it from watching my, I got to watch my wife get her eye surgery done on a monitor. I, I shouldn't have done that, but anyway, I watched them. They allowed me to watch her get her surgery done on the monitor. And I might as well freak you out like I did the vacation Bible school kids. <clears throat> when they stuck that needle in her eyeball to numb her eye, it was like I was having the surgery. I, I was reminded or learned that the, the eye doesn't see at all. The eye is just a camera. It's a camera. And the eye takes a picture and sends it to our brain, and our brain sees the picture that the eye took. Evolution did that? Are you kidding me? I like to watch animals, so I... I in India, sometimes the only channel you can get on the TV is National Geographic, which is the National Evolution Channel, amen? And, and the more they try to talk about evolution, the more stupid they sound. <laughs> like the, a lion one day realized it needed big claws and big teeth so it could eat. So over billions of years, a lion grew teeth and big claws. What a bunch of malarkey. That's why, by the way, they have to teach the earth as the is 40 billion years old because it would take 40 billion years for a lion to realize that he needed to grow big claws and big teeth and be able to do that. How ridiculous, how stupid. God created David. This is not part of the sermon, but I must uh, share the, the verses. <clears throat> David said in verse number 21, another sermon somebody else can preach. But David said, do, I, do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? Am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? And I put it in my notes. I already had it in my Bible from years ago. But I put it back in my sermon most, most today. If David would be alive today, I promise you David would hate abortion. Because David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The previous verse, David said... I must read it to you. For thou hast possessed my reins, verse 13. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Amen. So David would definitely hate abortion. And I, I, I cannot believe that there would be a Christian who would not hate abortion. 
Because David said, my members, when I read that, and sorry to be uh, so uh, revealing, but when I read that, David said, my members are written. I think about the 60 million babies plus in America alone that have been aborted. Their members torn apart by a, son, by a doctor. Their members sucked out piece by piece. Their brain sucked out. I promise you, my friend, David would hate abortion. David said, there's some things that you, you need to hate. Matter of fact, uh, David said, there's a perfect hate, verse 22. I hate them with a perfect hatred. Again, this is over the head of those who aren't Bible-based Christians. But David said, there's, there's some things that we just need to hate. Not hate people. You say, oh, David hated people. No, David said, we'll see it at the closing in Psalm 51. David said, God forgave me, and I'm going to tell other sinners they can be forgiven. God doesn't hate people. The Bible says, ye that love the Lord hate evil. God so loved the world. But there are some things that we need to hate. 1 John 4, 18. The Bible says, perfect love cast out fear. You can't have perfect love without having perfect hate. Pastor Tim just covered that very well in his series on God. You cannot have perfect love unless you have perfect hate. Some of us in this room, we hate cancer. My mom died of cancer. Your mother died of cancer. Your wife died of cancer. Evie's been fighting cancer. Who in their right mind would not hate cancer? It's evil. We don't hate people. We hate evil. Evil has has affected my life, has affected people I love. Evil is, is ruined the world. That's why we're in a messed up world, because of sin. So David said, in my mother's womb, sadly, share this and go on with the next point. Sadly, David said, I was protected in my mother's womb. And those of us who've been a Christian any time, we've heard this. Not the first time you've heard it. But in America... Since 19, for the last 50 years, in America, the most dangerous place for a baby has been in the mother's womb. More children have been killed in mother's wombs than the, than the entire history of the world. I preached a patriotic sermon in L.A. on July the 3rd. And I gave the statistics about how many of our young soldiers have died in all the wars of America, all the wars that we fought, where we've sent our young men, 19 years old, as the average soldier that's died. And it's almost uh, over half a million, almost 600,000. And I remind us this morning, sadly, but remind us this morning, 60 million babies have been murdered in the last 50 years. And if there's one thing I don't know the mind of God like I should. But I, having known the Bible, having known a little bit about what I know about God, if there's one thing that God would hate America for, it'd be for that sin right there. If there was one thing that would keep God from blessing America, in my mind it would be that one thing right there. If there's one thing that would cause God to judge America, would be that one thing right there. That the precious thing that he made. 
The thing that he loves the most, other than seeing somebody saved, is a baby, a child. I was walking and praying yesterday. I'm sure I've thought about this before. But it hit me, God just, it just like a, God put it in the sky. If the devil would have had his way, he would have had Eve abort Seth. Because Abel, excuse me, Cain killed Abel. Abel was the righteous person. By the way, don't, don't think that this wasn't the scheme of the devil. Abel was the one who brought the lamb, who was going to bring, who was going to teach the true way of salvation. So God accepted Abel's offering, but the devil didn't want anybody to know about the blood sacrifice. And so God, the devil puts in Cain's heart to kill Abel. But the story wasn't ended there. God gave Eve another baby, which was Seth, and Seth was the righteous seed that brought forth Jesus into the world. There's a reason, my friend, that God hates women. And the devil hates women, excuse me. There's a reason why Satan hates women. There's a reason why the devil wants people to have abortion. Then I thought of the, the crowning example to this, and that is uh, there was one person the devil sure would have liked to see aborted, and that was Jesus. Mary brought forth Jesus. And so I believe the devil, I believe that's what happened to Herod, I believe the devil just got in the hair and said, I hate children, so I want you to hate children. I would kill that Jesus if I could do it, so I'm going to send you to kill that Jesus. And I believe that's simply what's behind that. Here's some poor young girl or some young lady who just fell into Satan's trap. And let me say this before I finish this thought. Some of the greatest Christians I know have been... Ladies who had abortions. And some of, the, some of those who are in the biggest fight against abortion are those who had abortions. Thank God for his mercy. Amen. Thank God for his love. Thank God that, uh, that he uh, had to have mercy on me because I've done wicked sins myself. That's for sure. Secondly, God was mindful of him. That's why David praised the Lord. David praised God because God was mindful of him verse 17 and 18 in that great psalm psalm chapter 8 verse 3 and 4 david also wrote what is man that thou art mindful of him just think about that for a moment that god would be mindful of us the holy righteous god the god of the universe that created everything would be mindful of us like the Casting Crown song that says, Who am I? Who am I that God would be mindful of us? And if God was mindful of me, it should not be in a good way. But thank God it's in a good way. Thank God that God loves me. Which is what David was actually saying. Next bullet. This means God thinks of us. He loves us. And He cares for us. Praise God. He's mindful of us. I hug. Brother Matt Jack in the hallway a moment ago, and uh, I said, I was thinking of you in Sunday school, and I thought about how God was thinking of me when I got up this morning. Brother Matt Jack said this, Brother Matt said, I was praying for you this morning when I got up. I mean, it's amazing that Pastor Tim sent me a text this morning saying he was praying for me. 
uh, Linda called me this morning at 8.30 and we had prayer and she, and she prayed for me. <clears throat> my, my heart was so refreshed that somebody was thinking of me. But I tell you what, there's one person today who thought of me. Praise God that he thought of me and that's God. I was on his mind when I got up this morning. I was on his mind yesterday. So David said, God cares for me. I love what Paul said. It's not on the PowerPoint, but <clears throat> Paul used some very beautiful adverbs and adjectives to describe this also in Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 18 through 20. Paul said that we might be able to comprehend the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul said Jesus loves us so much that he gives us everything we need. We're filled with the fullness of God. Thank you, God, that you're mindful of us. David said, God, your thoughts to me are precious in verse number 17. Thank God that his thoughts are precious to us. And David said, they're more than I can count. God's thoughts, that is God's blessings, and that's actually what David was doing in verse number 18, David was counting his blessings. You know, each of us have one of two choices. I struggle with this. You struggle with this. We could count our burdens or we could count our blessings. And it doesn't always feel better when we count our blessings instead of our burdens. My dear sister, my two sisters still live in Los Angeles area, and my dear sister uh, has had some health problems, some, some falls. She, last time she fell, she said, uh, she told my other sister that God didn't like her. And, uh, and of course, I pray with her. I talk to her. I, I know that she's trusted Christ as her Savior. And then she fell again. She thought she might have broken her knee. She went to the urgent care, stayed there 12 hours, Find out she had a concussion. She busted her mouth, had a, hit her head, hurt, hurt her knee. And so they checked her out. She didn't have a concussion. Her knee wasn't broke. After 12 hours being in urgent care, she got home. And uh, my brother-in-law helped her up on the porch and <clears throat> went to open the door. And when my sister came to go inside the house, she fell and broke her hip. Same kind of thoughts. But I want to remind us this morning, my friend, that God loves my sister, <laughs> and God loves you, and God loves me. And we live in a cursed earth where we get sick, we fall, we get old, we have problems, we have financial problems, we have family problems, we have burdens, we get cancer, we get heart problems. But God loves us, and God has a place prepared for us where we'll never suffer anymore and never be any pain anymore. Thank you, God. For all of our blessings that we have. And I know that if my sister counted her blessings instead of her burdens, she would end up praising God. I know if you counted your blessings instead of your burdens, you'd end up praising God. Praise you, God. Thank you that David praised God. Pastor Tim, we talk about this through, as the months go by, but I promise you David had his problems. <laughs> he had problems I don't, I'm glad I don't have and hope I never have to have. David had problems. David 
was reminded, David, excuse me, in, in Psalm 22, you don't need to turn there. I'm going to read a couple of verses from, from it in closing. But in Psalm 22, David was allowed to look in the future and see Jesus on the cross. As I was writing the sermon, I couldn't help but think of the song, when, I, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Thank God that he was mindful of us. He showed how much we were on his mind when he sent Jesus to die on the cross. And Pastor Tim talked about it last Sunday morning about from the book of Mark, the suffering that Jesus went through, the, the beating from the band of soldiers, the company of soldiers, the nails in his hands, the whip beating the flesh off his body. But I remind us this morning, but I need to remind myself, that I was on his mind when he took those nails. He took the nails for me. He took the beating for me. He took the whip for me. He took the crown of thorns for me. He was nailed to the cross and hung there for six hours for me, for you. We were on his mind when he died on the cross. And David uh, got to see that. In fact, we call this in, in, in theology, we call this the prophetic perfect tense. David is writing, but Jesus is speaking. That's another reason why we know the Bible is the Word of God. Only the Word of God could, could, do, could do this. A person speaking 700 years before they were born, uh, that's what the Old Testament is, is Jesus speaking before he came, was incarnate in this earth. But, but David, David saw this in his mind. And David wrote down the very words of Jesus. Psalm 22, 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus cried that out from the cross. And the answer to that is, God forsook Jesus so he could accept me. That's the answer. The beautiful exchange as we sang a moment ago. That's the answer. Jesus said in verse 6, But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out their lip. They shake their head saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. That was the exact words of one of, the, one of the, uh, those soldiers who nailed Jesus to the cross. Jesus said in verse 13 in this prophetic perfect tense, They gaped on me with their mouths as a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. We know when they nailed Jesus to the cross, his bones literally came out of socket, came out of joint, and his heart was filled with fluid. That's how he died. Jesus told us that and told David that some six, seven hundred years before it happened. Jesus said in verse 15, My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. When Jesus was dying, he said, I thirst. And those of us who've studied the crucifixion, we know that Jesus lost his bodily fluid. He was dehydrated. Last night, I was so dehydrated. And, and my mouth was so dry, my tongue was sticking to the roof of my mouth. That's what happened to Jesus when he was dying. They spit in his face and mocked at him instead of giving him a drink of water. Verse 17, Jesus said, I tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. A medical doctor who wrote a medical thesis on the crucifixion said that his philosophy, his theory is when Jesus was hanging on the cross from that beating of the cat and nine tails, his bones were literally sticking out. Jesus could look down from the cross 
and see his bones sticking out of his body. Jesus did that for me. Jesus did that for you. Thank you, God, that I was on your mind when you died on the cross. Then thirdly and lastly, God was merciful to him. God was merciful to him. I love this great prayer that, uh, this, that David prayed in the last part of Psalm 139. David said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. David prayed for God to search his heart. This is actually the context of this great Psalm 139. It begins with that. Psalm 1, David said, Search me, God. And then when David said, Search me, God, he said there in that Psalm, You know my thoughts. You know my words. You know my getting up. You know my going down. You know when I go to bed. You know when I get up. You know everything about me, God. That's an awesome thought, isn't it? No wonder so many people don't pray, Search me, God. Because of, I have a feeling if most of us prayed, search me, God, that God had to do a lot of house cleaning, that God had to do a lot of heart cleaning, that uh, we would be convicted and it would cause us to turn to God and live for God. David says, search me, try me, know my thoughts. I can relate so much to David. I think of that verse that David said, my sin is ever before me. I've been a Christian 48 years. My sins were washed in the blood of Jesus. I'm justified. He'll never, God has never remembered one sin, one sin for 48 years. I wish I couldn't remember him. My sin is ever before me. A song reminds me of my sin. A TV commercial reminds me of my sin. Going so winning reminds me of my sin. So many things. My wicked sinful life and I like David say thank you God for your mercy <laughs> thank you God for your mercy I told some guys in Sunday school today had David written his bio his uh, biography we would be impressed if God wrote, wrote David's biography we'd be shocked <laughs> if I wrote my autobiography you'd probably be impressed but if God wrote it You'd be shocked. Search me, O oh God. And by the way, God did search David. And David says, search me, see if there be any wicked ways in me. And God searched David. And I want you to know that sadly there was some wicked ways in David. David did some terrible, wicked things. David did some cruel things. Sinful things. Adulterous things. Wicked things. And David wrote those great psalms that have encouraged me so many times. Psalm 132, blessed is the man whose transgressions is covered. <laughs> David said, thank you, Jesus. I asked you to search me and you did it. I, I'm probably sorry I asked that. <laughs> but thank you, God, for forgiving me. He said in Psalm 51, I've sinned against you, God, you and only. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. So in conclusion, I, I challenge me, I challenge you to have the courage to pray that prayer. Search me, O oh God. Search me, O oh God. And maybe some of you here right now, you've listened to this sermon. And if you were to stand up and swear 100% sure that you're going to heaven, you, wouldn't know, you couldn't do that. You don't know for sure you're going to go to heaven. Today, 
You've, you've heard us sing about it. You've heard the children sing about it. You've heard me preach about it. Jesus loves you. He died for you. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to leave, leave this place unforgiven. You can ask Jesus. Every person in this room, we've got sin. We've got guilt. Jesus will forgive us right now. Not save us again. He'll forgive us and, 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 and help us to have victory today. So before we sing our invitation hymn, I ask us to bow our heads and close our eyes. We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.